This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 101. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Lee Drozak. Lee is a WordPress teacher, doer, and fixer working with small business owners. She gives her client a different perspective for their digital space so that they can find solutions that work toward their business goals. Welcome, Lee. We're glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me, Tara and Liam. You're most welcome. Thanks for joining us. Lee, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Yes. So I um, started out as a, I actually started out as an accountant years ago. And I realized that I had like this knack for thinking outside the box. And um, when the mortgage bubble started to burst, I decided it was time to get out of that and do something different. And uh, I was introduced to virtual assistants Uh, So I thought, well, why not? I needed something to do. I figured out very quickly I was not just a very good stay-at-home mom. I needed something extra. And so that's where I started. And because I had, um, in college, had taken, for my liberal arts, coding classes, I was able to quickly transition to creating my own website for my business and then websites. And then I was introduced to WordPress, which made the whole process so much simpler. And because I think of the the design and the development background and quickly learning the marketing, I was able to transition to more of a troubleshooting uh, implementer phase, and and then it just took off from there. So uh, so here I am today with that. So tell us a little bit about virtual assistants because I know that term um, can be very broad. Where did you find your clients, and what kind of work did you start out doing as a virtual assistant? Was it like administrative stuff, or I think it's it, you can kind of get virtual assistants to do anything now. Yeah, you can. It's a very, uh, very broad term. And I started out doing administrative assistance just to kind of get my feet wet and figure out what it was that I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And um, so I designed my website in HTML and CSS because that that long ago, that's what was available at the time. And um, it, that kind of drew a couple different people to me saying, hey, I can't update my website. Can you help me with that too? And it slowly transitioned from administrative to the more technical. So I became like a technical virtual assistant. And then once I was introduced introduced to WordPress and I started to really dig into that and learn that, it kind of just morphed itself um, because I knew I didn't want to continue with the administrative. I really liked the clients that I found. And the first one was a, refer, a referral to me who happened to be a coach who referred other people to me. So since day one, I've been a referral business. That's how I built it. Um, but I knew I had to learn the marketing strategies because I was, you know, it was feast or famine at first. And I was always kind of hesitant to stop relying on everybody for referrals, but they just kept coming. So I got into a space that I was really lucky um, 
that because I'm an extrovert, I'm able to build those relationships. And because I'm a giver, I probably overgave and that allowed people to easily refer me to other people knowing that they were going to get the best care possible. How did you balance that? You mentioned that you just being a stay at home mom, and I don't mean just in any kind of um, way other than that would be the only thing that you were doing, um, that that wasn't a good fit for you. So how did you balance being a mom and running this business that seems like it's grown uh, without even your intending it to grow like it has? So how did you balance that? It was really hard to balance that. I pushed every boundary that I had set for myself. I It seemed like I was working 24-7 as I was building the business. And my family at one point didn't understand to where my son in his teenage years was like, you're always on the computer. You never shut the computer. And my husband was like, well, what the heck are you doing? Like, this was not what, what we signed up for when I left the job that I left. So I had to figure out how to set the boundaries and say no. No was probably the hardest uh, business tool that I had to master or learn because, you know, I, I, and I think it's the mom in me. I think it's the giver in me that did, would say, okay, no, I'm not going to do this. No, I don't have time, but okay, let me just spend five minutes on it. And five minutes became 10. So it was just the, the balance of it. it took a long, long time until I got to the point where I was like, look, I didn't start my business to be another part of my life. I started my business to give me something to do, but to you know give back to people in a way that I was finding was not out there. Um, and so I had to master the, the delicate balance of saying no and respecting my space. I had to, to learn to respect my space, which um, I think was my biggest business lesson of all. How long did it take you to, what was the evolution of that? I have a similar story and trajectory years. So I'm wondering, I think it's taken me a long time. 10 years. Yeah. I would say yeah. probably yeah. 10 years. It's a years. long time, isn't it? Five years. And then your kids five, are gone. <laughs> yes. Five years to make the decision. Okay. I'm going to do this. And then five years to get it implemented. And I still find myself even now backsliding occasionally. Um, we do, we have an RV and so we spend a lot of time in that on the weekends and traveling and I try, that's where the no weekends came into play because um, internet can be really spotty and, and stressful. Um, and then also there's a whole nother community like the WordPress community, there's a camp community and I just wanted to enjoy that time that I had. So that was doing the no weekends is a little easier now than it was because I have an end goal for it. Um, so it's, but it's still a learning, like, you know, if somebody has a problem, I make sure that I have a backup to handle the problem, but sometimes you need to step in and it's learning to step in, handle the problem and step back out pretty quickly. Lee, how do you decide, how, have you, how are you learning to say no? And not, not necessarily, uh, practices, but when somebody comes to you and says, Lee, can you help with this? What are you doing internally process-wise to decide whether or not to say yes or no? How so, do you, how do you, do you have like a checklist of like, well, I only say yes if, or I always say no when? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, I do have a, like I have a mental checklist to say, okay, you know what, is this, is this a project that 
that that someone thinks is small but ends up being this major major thing um and so i have to like really dig into that and then i look at it too is if i would say no can i give them a research source or a tool or a person that can actually help them um so it's more like like on my partner networks and my referral networks, is there someone else who can help them? And then finally is, you know, is it something or someone that I want to take on at this time? And how is it going to, because it's just my husband and I now, my kids are grown. So they don't, they do factor into the decision. I don't think your kids will never factor into the decision, but I look at it as, you know, my husband, he has the weekends free um, although he has been working a lot of Saturdays. So if it's if it's something that will be a Sunday, it's an absolute no, that's our time together. If it's a Saturday, you know, can I do it and it not like really interrupt the whole weekend? Has that no ever stung you in ways that have been really problematic? It has because sometimes I've said no um, in a totally selfish manner, as far as my time and the person I've said no to was like, kind of taken aback that I wasn't there for them. And, um, and I've had some people who stopped talking to me because I've started to say no to them. And it's, and at first I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I've lost a friend. How can this happen? But then in retrospect, I look at it and say, you know, the only time they called me was when they needed something. So by saying no, I actually opened myself up for other opportunities. And, and so I think it's just the guilt, you know, like the, dealing with the guilt of saying no, like how is it going to affect the person on the other end? I had to learn to flip it to say, by me saying no or yes, how is it going to affect me internally instead of just them? I also wonder if there's a difference between no and not now. I think about a lot um, that this sense of urgency that we can have, especially when you're working on something that's live on the web. It's not working right now. I need to fix it right now. And so there's always this sense of urgency that it has to be done right now. So when you say no, um, you're closing the door completely. But do you also sometimes say not now? Putting it off, right? I do. I look at, I think I look at it at the urgency. So I actually had someone in my mastermind group who um, had a, a WordPress site that was pieced together. Like it was bad. I mean, it was bad. And he was, he couldn't even make edits. He would try to go make edits and he was getting a white screen and he was in the middle of this promotion. And so he was like, I need my whole site redone, I think. But in the interim, I I need this. So I was like, okay, let's put off the whole, I need my site redone thing and figure out what the immediate problem is. And then I was like, okay, can it wait until Monday? Because this was on a, I think it was late on a Friday or yeah, it was late on a Friday. It's always late on a Friday. I know, of course. (laughs) And he was like, well, I guess so. Like he was kind of stuck and he was like, I'm really starting the promotion on Monday. So if you could just at least get it so I could update things. And I, 
took a step back and I said, you know what, let me just like look at it. If I can fix this within a half an hour, I will at least get you functioning, which fortunately it was just um, disabling a few plugins that were conflicting. And so I was able to easily, and I said, you know what, like I did what I could right now. I can relook at it Monday if you want to continue with this. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then that built a whole nother relationship for us. So I think it's just finding people that can respect the, it's not the fire that you think it is kind of thing, and then moving forward from there. But then there's times too where it's like not now, and I've lost opportunities because I've said, I can't get to this right now. You know, it's not in my space right now. And for them, the need was immediately and they moved on. I'm going to ask you about success, Lee. Sounds like you've made some uh, an evolution in your business and you're making good choices about putting yourself first in a lot of cases and, and compartmentalizing your work and, and personal life. And that may relate for you to this topic that we ask all of our guests, which is how do you define success personally, professionally, or a combination or separately both? So I define success, I think professionally and personally, they go hand in hand. Um, I define success is, am I actually living the freedom that I was hoping to? So um, am I just punching a time clock for, uh, is this another job, which I don't work the traditional nine to five. I found that my best times are in the morning and then later in the day, like I hit that afternoon lull between 12 and two. And instead of just trying to struggle through it, I'm like, nope, I'm going to eat lunch. I'm going to go take a walk. Maybe I'll have a nap, whatever. Maybe I'll just sit back and read. Um, So that is like, that really plays into the success. And then of course there's the financial, am I making money? Um, Because, you know, if you're not making money, you just have an expensive hobby, um, which I don't want. So and I have found that um, that my income continues to increase because I'm diversifying a little bit, but more importantly, because I'm really honing my process. So instead of, you know, instead of saying I have to charge $10,000 for a website that I know my clients can afford $5,000 for, I figure out how to hone my process so that I can stay at that level and still make a good profit from it. And being a numbers person, I always look at my numbers. Like I'm always looking at ways that I can cut costs or um, can I eliminate this and replace it for this? Or can I create something that I, that I don't have to outlay the cost for, which will up my profit margin so that I can continue to grow my income and make more money? Do you base your profit on hours? So do you track your hours very carefully in order to determine that? Or when you talk about what things cost, are you thinking about overhead expenses? So it's both. I track my hours because I can't, I don't think that you can really create a solid process without knowing how much time everything takes. And then I look at those hours and say, can I do something differently? Or is there an app that I can use that will take the place of that? 
And a great case in point is this online scheduling programs that are out there. I mean, that's a huge time saver for anyone. Um, and then also I look at how much time I wasted with email. So now I use inbox pause to stop my inbox except once a day so that I'm not stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And I notice I saved huge chunks of time with that. But then I look at the tools, you know, and, and can I find something on AppSumo for 49 bucks that will replace something else? Or I just, um, with Adobe Creative Suite, I just got a notification in one of my groups that said, hey, they're having this $29 special. So of course I'm on live chat, you know, like I want the $29 special. And I think I do this every single year and every single year it's been, no, that's only for new people. Sorry, we can't do this. But this time they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I cut, you know, I cut that expense almost in half just by doing a 10 minute live chat. So it's, it's, I think it's a combination of everything, but it is important that even if you don't charge by the hour, you still track your hour that it takes you or your hourly time so that you can figure out where you need to improve on that process. What do you use to track your time? I use um, Toggle for um because they have and they have a chrome extension and then they also have um, an app for mac that i don't have to necessarily be online i can still track um, there and then sometimes i just write it like i'll just say i stopped working at x time and then started at x time if i'm if it's something where i'm like close the computer and i want to do some non-online stuff so i i have a, probably more online than I track than offline, but I, it seems like I'm always tracking my time anymore just to make myself way more efficient. Okay, I'm gonna interrupt here because if I let you two go off on apps and efficiencies, that's gonna be an end of this conversation. <laughs> you know me so well. And I say that with a uh, laughter on my- App sumo my crack, head. we call it. Um, I wanna talk to you about the WordPress community, Lee. Um, you had talked about how you came across WordPress as a way to stop having to do everything with static HTML and CSS. Tell us about how you encountered the WordPress community and kind of where that went and what that journey was like and where you are with it today. So I was introduced to WordPress um, through a blog a good while ago. And then I realized that if I learned this, it would be much easier to create my website and websites for my clients. And then um, I'm a lifelong learner. So it wasn't just enough to find WordPress. I also found that there was this huge community of sharers who were teaching you how to use it, um, different tricks, different trips. I can't say that tips and tricks. We know what you mean. And then, you know, and then people were sharing their code, you know, different code that they were writing to solve a problem or resources. And I was like, wow, this is a very supportive community. And then I attended my first WordCamp. And, um, and I think then I realized that there was a whole nother ecosystem of people that it wasn't just the theme and the apps and WordPress itself, but there was so many people 
who were willing to share and collaborate and just brainstorm with each other to continue to, you know, to keep these businesses thriving, but the WordPress framework itself thriving. It was just fascinating to me, the amount of, of, uh, resources and people resources that were out there. Yeah, absolutely. What was the first WordCamp you attended? Uh, the first one I attended was WordCamp Kent, I believe. And then right after that, I did the first WordCamp US. And you want to talk about like um, uh, over, it was just uh, a lot because I went from this a wonderful, and WordCamp Kent, I love it. It was a wonderful small WordCamp to WordCamp US where there was just like, people everywhere and activity everywhere and just, you know, so much going on that um, I thought this, this was really when I learned how huge the community was and how helpful the community was and, um, and that they had the happiness bar to help people out and the sponsors who were, you know, and then just the hallway chats, which is, I, you know, how you guys came about. So it was just, really a great uh, experience for me. But as an extrovert, it was very overwhelming for me too. So I couldn't, like, I looked at it like, oh my gosh, if people are introverts, like how can they handle all this? You know, this is like a lot to take on. So it was just a whole, the whole um, experience was just amazing. That's a great story. Thank you. What do you, what do you do with the WordPress community now? Are you um, a meetup regular? Are you hit WordCamps uh, on a regular basis? You talked about you've got a, a camping RV community and a WordPress community. Tell me about your involvement kind of week to week, month to month with uh, your local WordPress community. So the word, I do a lot of word camps. Um, I have been speaking, like putting myself out there in a speaking capacity as well. And then I'm in a few Slack groups and Facebook groups too, uh, with the, with different themes and plugins in the WordPress community as a whole. Um, I found that the most of the groups, the Slack groups are mostly um, people who are immersed as designers, developers in that sense. And Facebook, it's the people who are using WordPress from a DIY standpoint, which is really my target market. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. And then of course you have Twitter, which um, you know, there's a whole nother ecosystem on there too. Yeah, absolutely. There is. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your biggest challenge in growing your business? Uh, you mentioned kind of learning to say no, was that the challenge or something else that might've, uh, given you more grief and headache and required more work? So I think the, the biggest was learning what to let go of, learning what services to let go of. Um, I found that from a development standpoint, I'm better when I hire developers for specific tasks or programs. Um, I still like to do the design because it brings the creative out in me. Um, but I found that I am much better as a teacher and a fixer, like getting in there and figuring out what's wrong and fixing it. So it was just coming to that mindset of, I don't have to do it all. Um, there are people that I can partner with that will help me do it all without doing it all. And then just trying to make the decisions of what to offer and where to go from here. That to me was the hardest part was 
what is it that I want to do for the next five years in my business, you know, and what is it that I've done in the last five years that kind of don't give me joy or that I don't enjoying anymore? And who can I find to do that for me? Yeah, that takes time, doesn't it? Right? Because you don't know if you don't like it, or if you really like it until you've done it a few times, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, I do like it. Like there's times where I like to dig into the code just because it makes my mind think differently. But then I think, you know what, this isn't something that I want to continue to do day in and day out. So I need to find someone who um, has the same work style that I have, but still knows the programs that I'm using at that point in time. So, you know, like hiring anyone else, it's a really delicate balance of skill set and personality because someone can be the best of the best, but if you can't communicate and get along with them, then it's a really bad experience. Yeah, absolutely it is. So I want to ask you about advice, Lee. And I want to ask you advice, ask you about advice that you've received and implemented in your life. What's been the best advice that you were given or read or encountered and successfully implemented in your life or business? So I think the best advice was self-care. Don't forget about your self-care. And that's just business and personal. I think as a business person, we tend to put ourselves last all the time. And as a mom, we tend to put ourselves last all the time, Um, even as a family giver. So I had to learn that for me, you need to put yourself first. In 2015, June 30th, 2015, I had open heart surgery. Um, I knew I was, I knew that I had a problem with my heart. I knew that it had to be fixed. Um, My surgeon was like, yeah, we go in there and, you know, we put, it was supposed to be minimally invasive. I didn't know until I woke up, which I think was a blessing. But at that point, I realized I had to do a lot of things differently, both in my life and in my business. Fortunately for me, Um, I, my clients that I had, I told them, you know, I'm going in for the surgery. I will be out for two weeks. I'll be back at it. And that didn't happen. And they were all really great about it. I had a support system that, that they were able to rely on while I was recovering, but there was a lot of changes that I had to make. Um, So that was the time that I realized that, you know what, if you don't start putting yourself first, You can't be the best business owner that you can be. You can't be the best mom that you can be. You can't be the best friend that you can be. So that was when the light bulb went off for me that things had to really change. And I needed to start, you know, to start eating lunch at a normal hour or, you know, making sure that I hydrate during the day or even getting up and moving. Like I can't sit there for hours at a time working on a website. I need to get up and move around. Tell us a little bit about your weekend RV travels and and how that came about and uh, just what you do, where you go, what that is like. So I we've had we've camped since I was since I was little. When you know we started out in a tent and then we went to a a travel trailer and then my mom and dad ended up with a class A motorhome. So I've always traveled in motorhomes. When people say camping, I kind of cringe if it involves a tent and non-water or electric because I'm not used to it. 
And then um, when my kids started to get a little older and we figured we needed to do something for my husband and I, he wanted to buy a camp like in the middle of nowhere because he was a hunter and fisher. And I was like, that's fine with me, but you know what? I'm not going, like, I am not doing that. I need, I can't do the same thing over and over again. I get bored with it and I have young kids. What am I going to do with them in the middle of nowhere? So we decided to buy our first RV and he said, I will give it a year. And that is it. When the year is done, we're buying a piece of property and sticking it there. And we just had such a great time that it's been 12, 13 years now. And we're still, you know, we just bought a new fifth wheel because we want to do more long-term traveling now that he's getting ready to retire and I can work anywhere. Um, we want to do four four to six week trips, maybe even longer, and then still do our weekends away. But we've gone, um, we've gone, we've gone so many places. And sometimes we go in an RV and sometimes we just rent an Airbnb or we rent a house. It just depends on where we want to be at the time, but it's, um, it, it's great for location independent traveling. Yeah. Do you like to drive or does your husband do most of the driving? Because my, really yeah. my husband does most of the driving because I'm a bad driver in a car, let alone with a vehicle <laughs> that could kill you. But I do learn like this, this new RV, um, I have not taken it out and learned to drive it, but that is something. And even when, you know, when we were younger, like my mom learned to drive the RVs that we had you have to learn as a backup just in case so I will learn it but I will not be primary driver yeah that that would intimidate me I also eat a lot of junk food when I have to drive and stay awake I have a trouble <laughs> staying awake in the car but but I love the idea of it and I I kind of would think that um, it gives you so much flexibility and independence like you have with your job too so it sort of fits together I guess and you don't have to stay in hotels or choose hotels and, and you're in your own space that only you have been in. So that's really neat. I love that. Yeah. It's what? nice because you you're in your own space, but especially when you're working on top of traveling, I know that I always have everything that I need. Um, you know, I have a Wi-Fi extender and I have all of the things that I need to run my business, uh, electricity, and then just, you know, the, the creature comforts that you don't find in a hotel. Um, while living in an RV is not the same as living in a home, it does give you the creature comforts that you need to make things doable and comfortable. Mm. What's your farthest trip that you've been on? How far? Have you the furthest trip has been florida so we've gone down the east coast of florida i've been to the west coast but not in an rv um that's on our bucket list for next year um and and i've done the west coast travel mostly flying um i would love to do a train across the united states too i think that would be like a, such a cool trip um and the midwest we haven't spent a lot of time in the midwest so that's on the radar as well Sounds like you have some good plans for your husband's retirement and your uh, self-care working and traveling in the RV. <laughs> Sounds really interesting. I look forward to hearing about it and, and uh, maybe following you, which, which we are out of time. So that leads me to ask where people can find you online and follow you. 
So you can find me um, on my website at leedrozak.com and I'm on Twitter, Lee Drozak, and Facebook. My personal is Lee Drozak and my business is Lee Drozak Biz. And then I'm sure if you Google me, you'll find everywhere else that I am too. Great. I'm going to look for some RV stuff. Hopefully you post your travels. That would be neat to see. Thanks for joining us, Lee. It's been really great talking to you. Really enjoyed meeting you at WordCamp a few weeks ago, and it's great to have you on Hallway Chats. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Lee. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you. Thanks for your time today. Same to you, Lee. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.